hello. Uh, episode 25 of Sack King's Therapy. Uh, did not expect to record today, but, you know, there's some big news in King's Landing. Right, Paul? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty big and pretty uh, unexpected, to be honest. I said on the last podcast that I didn't think Vladi was going anywhere. I didn't think he was going to go anywhere until at least next season, when we, if we ended up missing the playoffs again. Boy, did I look stupid, because that I think I posted that episode just after the news came out. And yeah, we recorded the day before, so that's yeah. why that's, that's there. But you know, he is gone now, and much of King's Twitter celebrating. I, I texted my coworker. He was like, "Hallelujah!" Now, which uh, now which camp do you fall into? To be honest, it's like fifty-fifty. I guess I'm glad that he's gone, but at the same time, it's like, what, what now? Like, what's what's our next steps? Will we like improve from what Vadi left us? Yeah, I was kind of in that. I was kind of in your camp. It's just like, yeah, he probably had to go, but at the yeah. same time, like. Yeah, like, again, I want stability within the organization. And, you know, Doom, well, we'll talk about him later, but Dumars probably will be an upgrade, but it, it throws another wrench into the stability factor where you just, you know, you finally build something and then you, you know, the GM resigns. Again, it just keeps adding on to, you know, the instability of the organization. That's the part I don't like, but you have to look at Vladi's record and there's no way you can really look at it like and objectively say he had a good tenure. Now, mm-hmm. of course, we'll start with a good. He drafted Fox, you know, and yeah. you know he's been a hit. The belly contract just kind of out of nowhere. You know, he's mm-hmm. been a bargain for the most part. You know, signing Rashad Holmes like on a ten million dollar two year deal, and he's has you know been a you know, been a real steal. Let's just say in free agency. Yeah, to be honest, those two. Uh... Pickups are really I I didn't expect much to be honest from like coming from Vlade. Uh yeah, really good steals. Yeah, so there's that. And you know, like you, you gotta give him credit for those things, but you know, we're gonna have to move to the bad, and unfortunately there is a lot more bad than you know good. Now of course we gotta start we gotta start with the Luca man. Like, uh, you know, passing on Luca, we'll see what Bagley turns into, but you know, having Luca solve so many of the issues, I thought, I think, had he come to Sacramento, and it's not like Luca didn't want to come to Sacramento, which is what I heard, but like, no, he wanted to come to Sacramento. They thought they thought we were drafting him, like, and we just didn't. <laughs> and you know, like, of course, the the big thing was not drafting Luca was not because you know primarily not because we saw more potential in Bagley, but we didn't want to hinder the de- development of uh, Fox and Bogey and Buddy. Yep. Uh, boy, I, <laughs> I don't, to be honest, I don't even know what to say. Still kind of uh, wish we had Luca. I, there's a, that's the thing. I think he would have fit in perfectly with these guys. Like mm-hmm. people, like people around the league say that, you know, Fox is a great, is a really good player. But he's not probably not a first option. But, mm-hmm. but he'd be an amazing second or third option. Well, guess who's a great first option? The Luca man. And of course, you know, you take the ball out of like Fox's hands, but t- turning him into a secondary creator, it, I think that will make him even better. Mm-hmm. And 
you know, with Luca's, you know, immense talent and gravity, that would have just opened up so much for the rest of the team. You, we could have actually, like, you know, been more comfortable letting Bogey go this summer if we had Luca, but, you know, like, we'll see what that turns into. Because, you know, again, we'll have to see what Bagley turns into, but, you know, missing out on Luca, and Luca's a first team all NBA this year. So, like, yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> And then, you know, and then another one, uh, Papianis. Now, I wasn't really a fan at this point, but, you know, from what I've read, basically he played like two games and then left. So, or did he even uh, play any games? Pretty, uh, pretty much, if I remember correctly, from watching Papianis, it's something you don't want to watch. <laughs> it's not, you don't, you, you don't expect a 13 pick to play like Papianis. Like everyone else said, he, he was most likely be a second rounder not even a high second rounder i don't think more like a middle second round pick well you know he didn't really play and yeah we blew that pick for sure or Vladik blew that pick for sure uh let's move on to trading the first rounder i have it misspelled here i just realized as trading the first rounder basically it was a salary dump to Philly, and we gave up our pick. And so Philly traded their third pick and the Kings pick to get Markel Fultz. And now, fortunately or unfortunately, that pick didn't end up, you know, turning out. Markel Fultz ended up, you know, just having some weird issues. So, you know, it ended up not hurting us as much as we thought, but that was a horrific trade. For Rondo? Rondo. <laughs> And don't get me wrong, Rondo was one of my favorite players at the time, but like for Rondo? <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, like I might I I'd rather have Markel at, at his po- at like what he is now to, instead of Rondo. And you know, it, it's just one of those things and there was a running joke that when he first started of Lade that everyone wanted to make deals with him cuz they knew they could fuck with him basically. Mm. Oh, yeah. This is one of the reasons why, and you know, there's a myriad of things that, of that other things like that I'm not can't think of right now. But you know, basically, his run has not been great. To be honest, like I kind of enjoyed the small run we had with Rondo, but it, you know, it doesn't justify how much we spent for him. Of course, uh, yeah, pretty fun times yeah. with. I mean, George Carl was a decent coach. It's just that the the entire locker room hated him. But yeah, Boogie yeah. especially. Yeah, so you know what are you gonna do? Uh, but again, you trade the first pe- the first round pick for Rondo. And I think it ended up being Brad Wanamaker. I want to say it's a. I mean, again, it ended up not hurting us as much. But again, for Rondo, really. <sighs> so you know, no overall, like Page Page of uh, run just hasn't been good. He started out not knowing anything, and like. You know, it showed in the beginning of his run. And, you know, he I felt like he started to get a little better. But, you know, again, with the Luka miss, like, that kind of thing usually gets a GM fired. And he actually ended up having a, another year and actually getting an extension. So, you know, like, we've given him a bit of a long leash. And, you know, I think it was a time to go. Mm-hmm. And the way that his... Um, presidency of bas i think president of bosco operations or gm i don't remember which but the way it worked was that he had complete control and it's not usually not a great idea mm-hmm. you know just to give someone a complete control of you know the front office and everything unless they have a proven track record which he did not and you know it just didn't turn out well 
Yep. Uh, just to also add on to just kind of the Vlade resigning, Peja also resigned today. I'll be honest, I don't know what he did. So yeah, I I don't. I think he was. I think he was president of basketball like development. I think the development department. You know, like Fox has been has developed, Buddy's kind of developed, Bogey's kind of developed. Maybe there's there's some credit to him on there, mm-hmm. but he was primarily there because of Vlade, and now he is gone. Yep. Okay, well, let's get to the second half of the equation. So we did talk about it on the last pod, but Joe Dubars have been gaining influence in the front office, especially with Vivek. Now, Vlade resigning was actually sparked by Vivek basically asking him to share power with Dubars. And, you know, the report from Sam Amick is that Thursday on the plane ride home, Vlade was not quitting. It, everything just changed on Friday when uh, Vivek basically kept trying to insist that, you know, he and Dumar share power and Vladi just wasn't having any of that. And here we are. Yep. Now, now we have uh, Dumar. Oh, no, now we have Dumars pretty much. Yeah. So he'll be the temporary. Um, vice president, I think, or president of basketball operations, but chances are he will become the um, the GM unless he doesn't want to be the GM. That's that's a whole other can of worms, but, you know, well, so I sent you the episode about the Detroit, about his run in Detroit. Mm-hmm. And of course, again, he built that 2004 um, Pistons team that ended up being a very good team up until like about 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, right you know, until like they traded away Chauncey. Now that was a good team and he did really did a good job at building. But then you have to kind of factor in that he drafted Darko Milicic over Carmelo, Wade, and Bosch. Yeah. So there are misses. And of course, there are a lot of free agent signings that he, he fucked up. You know, one being the Ben Gordon one. And like, you know, to cap, you know, his last signing, Josh Smith, which the Detroit business just, um, finished paying Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of misses in there too yeah it's kind of i don't even know what he was thinking to be honest like you had a pretty good championship team and you won it without any superstars so why you know just hindered your team just to make something new again if the previous team you know have like had so much success i mean i get the sentiment because like you know the chauncey and the core was getting old rip hamilton actually doesn't last that much longer after 2010 mm-hmm. so like and uh you know rashid basically played two more years in the league after he left mm-hmm. and ben wallace basically fell off a cliff um and i think it was the lebron run in 2008 I see, yeah. So, like, the team was getting old, but, like, at the same time, like, you know, y- you have to nail the margins there, but they just didn't, and were, like, Dumars specifically didn't, and that's kind of what led to the downfall of the Pistons. Now, you know, bring that over to the Kings. Now, I think he is an upgrade over uh, Vlade. Vlade just had so little experience and seemingly so very unwilling to listen to others uh, as well. Now, Dumars does have experience and, again, has experience building a championship team. 
perennial contender. So I do think he is objectively better than Vlade. Um, what, what is your take? I don't know too much about Dumars besides, um, you know, him being a previous Piston himself and, you know, a GM for the Pistons, like the video you showed me. But seeing him, uh, how, how he kind of built this team up, won a championship, and kind of fell through. Yeah, I'd say he has a, a little more experience than what Vlade would have done for us. Yeah, I'd, I'm still just conflicted because, like, you know, the first thing I think of is, of course, like the end of the Pistons mm-hmm. and not like t- thinking about that championship team that he built. So we'll see what this turns into. Like, th- there needed to be some sort of change because the way that the team kind of fought, the Kings faltered towards the end. There needed to be kind of a change. And, you know, it starts up top because the culture that, you know, Vladi has built is very, kind of, we kind of baby the players a little bit. You know, nothing is the player's fault. It's always the front. It's always kind of like the coaching or, you know, that's the reason why that he fired uh, Dave Yeager because players didn't like him. And that's why he also got rid of Shump because I guess players just didn't like him yelling at them so much. Or maybe they just, they weren't comfortable with Shump yelling at the players. Who knows? Like there needed, there needed to be some sort of culture change. And I think overall this could be for the better. But again, just firing Vlade and kind of throwing the organization into kind of a flux again. I'm not the biggest fan of that, but then maybe this is just a change that was needed. Yeah, like we can't say until uh, some changes do happen, but for now it's, yeah, for now we're just going to have to wait. If we bring back Shump, uh, or if he, Dumars brings back Shump, is he the greatest G- Kings GM in the past 10 years? I, what, it's like, uh, probably because I can't think of any other one. So <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know, like, how much can we even pay Shump? I mean, uh, he would just be... pay him the minimum. Ain't nobody paying him, so let's pay yeah. him the minimum. I, I, don't, I don't even know if he wants to play anymore. I don't even know what Shump's doing anymore. Just like have him on the bench, have him play the Kendrick Perkins role. Yeah, just yeah, uh, just be that you know, veteran that you know, bring back the scores. Yeah, the locker room leader, and yeah, um, you know, like maybe he maybe he's brings back Shump, and that would be a good sign. Like, cause like we need an asshole. We need some guy to like push the the young guys, like hold the young guys accountable. I feel I just feel like there there isn't that right now. now. Do you think under Dumar's um, reign? Would we ever find a kind of identity for ourselves? Because we had a an identity with Chump uh, and Jaeger uh, back uh, when they were still here. I mean that that's the hope because this year we really didn't have an identity. It was just like we sucked <laughs> was our identity <laughs> for the most part. Like we had a really good run like before the shutdown, but like mm-hmm. for much of the season and you know in the bubble, like it was bad defense, bad effort, which was inexcusable. Like, yeah, there wasn't much of an identity. Yeah, I I still wish we played the fast-paced kind of identity. Well, here's uh, the thing. We did try to do that in the bubble, but it did, it was very mixed results, to say the least. Yeah, the plays were really not what, I, what, I, what I've seen a year or two ago. 
Yeah, and maybe maybe Dumars does something to shake that up. Now, we don't really know what his plans are because, like, this whole time the that he's been with the Kings for about a year is that he hasn't really talked to the media. He's kind of like the shadow figure in a way, like, this whole year. Mm-hmm. So, like, he hasn't had to talk to the media. So we have no clue what his plan is. That would be interesting. He hasn't said anything to, uh... to the media, no. Even about the Kings? No, he's been like a back, like a kind of like an advisor from afar type mm. thing. Like he hasn't really like officially, he's not officially like involved with the Kings, but he has been talking to Vivek a lot. Being That's an advisor. Interesting. So, you know, let, we'll see what his plan is. Like all we can do right now is speculate and help. None of this might even matter because we might get another GM. Whether like, you know, the Kings have interest in Sam Hinkie. I have mixed feelings on Sam Hinkie. We'll see, but like, you know, like total there, it could totally be someone that we didn't expect to, yeah. to run our team, basically. Well, like I said, as long as you do even slightly better than what Vladi has done so far, I'm fine with it. It's not a very high bar, so yeah, <laughs> you'll, you'll probably be fine with it. Yeah, we're we're just gonna have to deal with it now since Vladi's gone. I will say, whoever is going to be the GM, we better figure it out because the draft is going to come up, and we need to kind of nail. We need to nail this one. Yeah, mm-hmm. Either we're going to trade it for someone, or we're going to get you know a really good player that we're going to develop, and hopefully he contributes right away. We'll see. So what what's your thoughts? You, you would you prefer to trade the pick, or would you prefer to draft someone like a? Who was it that you wanted? I Hamilton? said Patrick Williams or oh, maybe yeah. Sadiq Bey. Um, some, someone along those lines. Or, you know, De- Devin Vassell. Um, but, like, it, unless we're getting a guy like Kelly Oubre, and, you, know, I, you know, I keep bringing his name up, like, unless it's like him, I'm not interested. Like, I, I want a wing who's impactful. That, like, is, like, possibly even better than Barnes, but, like, you know, on that Barnes level in terms of mm-hmm. production. So, yeah, there's not that many guys I would trade the pick for. And, you know, maybe, maybe we get a look at the Kevin Durant guy. I'm kidding, but yeah. <laughs> well, well, we'll probably talk about it in our pod when we analyze uh, picks and uh, possible trades, you know? Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. That's, a, that's an entire episode all on its own. But last thing before we actually get into the, the next topic, which will be first-round matchups. Uh, so, Luke Walton was handpicked by uh, Vlade. Vlade didn't interview anyone. He wanted Luke. Now, he's kind of like a sitting, kind of a lame duck, possibly. Like, because usually when you have a new GM, like, usually the, the coach goes as well because the GM likes to pick their own coach, like, as part of, like, the GM's vision of what the GM wants the team to be. Mm-hmm. Now there are times that it does work out, but I can't name I can't name any off the top of my head. Basically, do you think that he's gonna last under Dumars if Dumars takes the job? Oh, Luke. Yes. To be honest, I don't know how Joe Dumars thinks of uh, Luke Walton, um, but like you said in the past, like we should just you know wait and see. Give it another season and see what Luke does for this team and what he uh, could provide. And 
you know, if things come to worse, I mean, most likely he might be out. I mean, we we haven't seen much from Luke because of all the injuries that we had this season. Yeah, I think I think he gets at least one season. It's it's only fair that he gets one more season because like again, injuries plagued us for most of the year and you know, I think I think he's an okay coach. I don't think he's like gr- good or great, but he's okay. Like mm-hmm. I don't think he was like the root issue this year. Yeah. So, I think he get, deserves at least one year, but you know, if we like if we like end up with a really bad record ne- next year, I think he's gone. I mean, remember the uh, was it the statistics that you sent me uh, about um, Luke Wallen's win percentage for the Kings? Yes, Luke Walton is the has the second highest win percentage under uh, after Rick Adelman for the Kings. That's <laughs> that's sad. Uh, I know. Thirty-one and forty-one is the best. Is the second best. The only one that's actually better is Rick Adelman. Yeah, which of course. A lot better, yeah. but uh, who, who was the last? It was like Carl Mo, not Carl. George was Carl. It George. It might was be. It I forget. Because Dave had a few, have quite a few uh, losing seasons as well. So yeah. there's probably no way he's on there. It's basically the guys who's only been with the Kings for one year. It's like because George Carl was only there for one and a half years, basically. Hmm. Oh, that's kind of why it's a little high, but yeah. So hopefully, like Luke gets a chance. I, I think there's potential with him. And again, I don't think he's the root issue of why the Kings were kind of bad this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, th- that's it for Kings talk. We're gonna, you know, move on to the first round matchups. You know, might as well like do this now before like the playoffs actually start. So this is after the Portland versus uh, Grizzlies game. Portland did win in a pr- thriller, actually. So they're in, so they're going to be facing the Lakers. But we'll start with the East. So, you know, just, let's just get this out of the way. Bucks versus Magic. Bucks. Yeah, I don't see how the Magic win. I think the Magic suck cock. Uh, moving on. Uh, Raptors versus Nets. Raptors. Yeah, I don't see how the Nets do it without Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Unless they just going to randomly join the team, I don't think it's going to happen. There's mm-hmm. Lavert is nice though. Oh yeah. Uh, Celtics versus Sixers. Yeah. Now, I forgot that Ben Simmons was out, and you know I was kind of fifty-fifty about this, and I was kind of I was leaning towards Sixers at first, but when you mentioned that Ben Simmons was out, eh, yeah, I'm leaning more towards the Celtics now. Honestly, I'm not even sure if even with Ben Simmons, it would I would take the Sixers because the Sixers is just all over the place, and mm-hmm. their like lineups are weird. Like their chemistry is weird. They kind of hate each other. So I, I don't know. I think I would I think I would lean Celtics no matter what because you know I I believe in Jalen Brown. I believe in Jason Tatum and Kemba, and you know the other guys as well. So I, I think this one's the, I had to pick the Celtics for this one. All right. Uh, Pacers versus Heat. Jimmy Butler versus TJ the Goat Warren. Heat. Heat. Yeah, that's what this one's going to be interesting. Uh, Lola Depot is playing. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that matters as much as people think. Yeah, I, I'm going to pick the Heat. Yeah. Heat, I, heat are actually healthy, is kind of why. I actually like how the Heat are playing right now. And 
what kind of players they have too. They have pretty nice players out there. Yeah, the only thing is they did lose uh, Derek Jones Jr. Although I oh, don't think that right. affects them too much. He's more pretty much just a role player for the most part, and like he doesn't play that big of a role mm-hmm. as far as I know. So, like, uh, yeah, I think I think yeah, I think the Heat beat them uh, in six. In six. I'll be. I'm yeah. gonna pick six for this one. Uh, yeah, six games sounds enough. Oh yeah, Bucks sweep, uh, Raptors sweep, Celtics yeah. probably six games. Yeah, six games for Celtics or Sixers. That sounds about right too. Okay, let's move on to the main event, the West. Lakers versus the Blazers, who just beat uh, the Grizzlies and up in the uh, what's it called, the play-in tournament. Ooh, I actually, I'm gonna go bold. I'm gonna say Blazers. This is hard for me. It's it's pretty fifty fifty. It's not 50-50. It's like, it's like 90. It's like 80-20. I, I just want to be bold. I'd say Lakers in seven. Lakers in seven. I, I would Why? say Lakers in six, but Blazers in seven. If, if it's going to happen. I'd say Lakers in seven because Blazers are going give, like, to give them a run for their uh, for what kind of game they're going to provide. It's it's gonna be a tough game for or a tough series for the Lakers. Now I I've said it before in a previous episode because Avery Bradley is gone, I don't think they really have a guy for Dame anymore. Like KCP, sure. Like you know he'll probably do an okay job on him. Caruso will probably do a decent job on him, but he's dropping fifth forty or fifty like this series, mm-hmm. multiple games of forties and fifties. And I yeah I don't think they have anyone to stop him. However, on the other side, Blazers can't stop anyone. You know, much less LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They don't. They do not have a guy for LeBron, and they don't. They don't really have a guy for AD either. I guess Zach Collins can hold them to a decent clip. Yeah, but like you know, it's they don't really have a guy for LeBron unless you, unless you believe in Melo. But uh, you know, I've never heard of him being you know first team all defense or anything. So I, I, I don't know. I don't even remember that many good defenders in the Blazers. Now, Gary Trent Jr. is good, but he's too small to guard LeBron. It's kind of the big yeah. issue. So, yeah, like, I want to be bold. I, I trust in Dame, you know, one of my favorite players. I think, you know, I think he's going to drop 50, and it's just going to be a shootout. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to be 130 to 134 at each game. Yeah, it'll be close. Okay, so you say Lakers in seven? Yeah. I'm going to say Blazers in seven. We should write Dame we down. trust. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Man. Yeah, all right. <laughs> it's, this is just us having fun. No, no need to hold us accountable. Uh, okay, Clippers versus Luka. Now, you notice I say Luka because uh, there no there's no one else on that team that's worth mentioning, really. Let's be honest. I mean, I guess KP is uh, important, but, you know, it's Clippers versus the Luka. I would say Clippers in six. Uh, yeah, I I can see that. Like, I want to like let, let's see what Luke is made of in the playoffs when yeah, everything is key when you have like the the Clippers defenders keyed in on him mm-hmm. all game. Like, I see like a game where like you know Patrick Beverly just presses him full court for like two and a half quarters, and that's gonna wear him out. And you know what you know seeing what Corey Joseph can kind of do to Luca. I think Kevin Patrick Beverly is going to give him fits. Mm-hmm. 
And then, you know, after he's all tired and just, you know, had enough of Patrick Beverly shit. Well, hello there, Paul George. Hello there, Kawhi Leonard. Hello. <laughs> how are you guys doing? And, you know, add in Marcus, Mor- Marcus Morris as well. Like, yeah, that's a lot of wings. And you can throw at Luca and just to wear him out. Well, what, let's see what Luca's made of. Yeah, seen in the regular season, we've seen in the bubble. Let's see in the bubble playoffs. Oh yeah. So what do you think? Uh, I think Clippers in five. Clippers in five, even even uh, less. Yeah, because like as much as like I think KP can affect the series, I think you can just put your Michael Green on him. Like, Jermichael Green, and, like, he can't go to the post on him, and he's not really going to drive against him. He might shoot over him a, little, a few yeah. times, but, like, mm-hmm. you know, like, KB's not that kind of player. He's just, you know, a really big spot-up shooter at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I think in five. Again, I think Luka's just going to have fits with uh, Patrick Beverly. That would be a fun game to see. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, this is a little bit less interesting, but still intriguing. Nuggets versus Jazz. I'm going to say Nuggets. Nuggets in six. I say six as well. Like, Nuggets in six. I just, the, the Jazz offense is trash, so. <laughs> to, to be fair, Nuggets defense is trash as well, so this might be actually really interesting. Donovan Mitchell might just kill Nik- Nikola Jokic and know whatever the hell Bo Bowl is gonna do but you know like I think just I can see I can see this going seven it's a very kind of mat like you know it's a matchup between like two tier two teams like Jazz might be tier three but you know Jazz don't have uh Boyan Bogdanovich so like you know their offense is really gonna suffer because of that mm-hmm. so yeah I don't think they're gonna score enough with the Nuggets and you know, even though the Nuggets' defense again is trash, but I think Jazz's offense is going to be trash, and I don't think their defense is enough to make up for it because, you know, like Michael Porter Jr. is really good, uh, Nikola Jokic is really good, and you know, like they have more offensive weapons than I think the Jazz have defensive weapons. Yeah, for sure. Okay, well, this is a truly interesting matchup. Rockets versus Thunder. Now, lest you forget, Rockets traded away Chris Paul and two draft picks, mind you, to get to get rid of Chris Paul and throw him onto the Thunder for Russell Westbrook. Now, Russell Westbrook will not be playing in the early part of the series. He he has a quad injury, and the Thunder is basic. The Thunder is basically healthy for the most part. So it'll basically, for the most part, be James Harden versus Chris Paul. Oof. Oh. At first, I was gonna say Rockets in seven, but I think I might be leaning back to Thunder in seven. Yeah, I'm leaning towards Thunder in six or seven. It doesn't really matter, but like, I just think even if Westbrook comes back during the series, I don't think he'll be a hundred percent. And you do not want Russell Westbrook at a not hundred percent. If you're the Rockets, mm-hmm. because that is a guy that relies purely on his athletic ability, and if he's not 100 with that quad, that's a re- you're looking at a lot of ugly bricks, basically, because he's not going to be able to get to the rim. Yeah, and Thunder, like you said, super healthy. Yeah, one's well- super healthy, but healthy. Well, yeah, healthy, but yeah, they have they also have a pretty well-rounded team that could uh, 
be potentially, yeah, offensively hurting the Rockets. Yeah. So, and again, isn't this just perfect poetic justice? Like, it doesn't matter who's wins. There's going to be a storyline there. You know, Russ. Mm. Get, you know, Russ was able to, you know, beat his own team. Like, or you know, uh, Chris Paul getting revenge on the Rockets for trading him for and what I feel is an inferior player. Mm-hmm. And you know, yeah, the storyline of him like leading the Thunder to prom to like you know actual prominence, and the Rockets if they win, you know, it's like they it's it basically vindicates their decision to trade away mm-hmm. Chris Paul. Oh yeah, lots of uh, lots of intrigue in the first round, at least in the West. The East is, you know, just pay, you know, Celtics versus Sixers and Pacers versus Heat. And the first, these two seven and one eight matchup are just washes. Gives a shit about those teams. Um, yeah, so the West is going to be interesting, and uh, can't wait till for the playoffs to start. Oh yeah. And just to kind of end it, uh, so news actually came out, I think, yesterday or today. I don't remember. But uh, the president, was it the president of the MBPA, the NBA Players Association, Michelle Roberts, talked with players. And she said that next season is likely to start between late January or March. I don't remember if they said like mid-March or late March, but around that time, from late January to March, that is when they're going to think about starting the season, and fans will be able to attend games. Yeah. Uh, I feel like that won't happen. We shall see. Like, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Like, the, there'll probably be a vaccine, but, you know, then you have the headache of whether people will take the vaccine. And that's good. That's another nightmare I don't want to think of. But, you know, it's. Some, you know, at least we have some news about when the next season is going to start. We don't know how many games there will be. The NBA is thinking about doing 82 games, which I think is a terrible fucking idea. But there are there's a logistics reason for it because of how TV deals work. But I wish they would just shorten the season to 68, mm-hmm. 59 games or 58. I don't remember. But yeah. Yeah. You think we'll be wearing face masks at that time? Uh, I think it's going to be a fixture in life at that point. Mm-hmm. Like I'm already used to wearing it. I, I wear it even when I'm not in public sometimes now. Oh, yeah. I've gotten so used to it. It feels like... <laughs> it feels like, yeah, you have to bring one now. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, you know, even if, like, you know, other people be wearing masks, like, you don't want to be that asshole who, like, might be sick and just mm-hmm. not wearing a mask, so... Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we'll we'll see what what that what that looks like. Maybe it'll be half capacity as well. Like, you know. oh, that'd be interesting. Like every other seat is open or empty. Hey, you know what? If I'm a, if I was a fan, I would want I would want to go to that game. I get all my all that like armchair room. Like I know, yeah. I think it'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, especially the nosebleed seat or nosebleed seats, man. Those. Those seats are tight. Yeah. And, you know, like, you don't have to get the whole road to get up. I, I always hated that when you need to go to a bathroom or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the one thing I hate about the upper level is always the angle. Yeah. It's like, it depends on where you sit. Like, it is so hard to see stuff. Uh-huh. 
especially like it feels like you're falling forward sometimes. That yeah, I, I get I get that feeling too. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see like how that turns out. Hopefully, you know, we have a nice season again next se- next year and we'll see how it goes. Oh yeah. Well yeah. <laughs> hey, well, all right. Well that's gonna be it for this episode. Uh yeah, Vlade's gone. Um playoffs are about to start. It's a new era. Yay. All right. Well, uh, we'll catch you guys on the next one. We'll probably start the Fable Draft episode. Oh, yes. When is the draft, by the way? Uh, so the lottery, I think, happens next week. And then I think the draft itself happens in October after the finals. Hmm, that'd be interesting. What pick we'll get? We'll probably get, wait, what? 11th? I, I want to say 11 or 12, maybe 13th. I forgot the, I forgot the chart, but it's around there. Mm-hmm. Has the awards started too? The, they gave out the bubble awards. But oh, the like, bubble The awards. actual awards, no. I see. I think uh, Dame, Dame won the MVP, and then they had like the first team and stuff like that. Yeah. The bubble awards? I didn't think they would ever do that. It's like a, think of it as like a regular season award, but specifically for the eight games in the bubble. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, just check it out when you get a chance. All right, then. All right, well, that's it for us. We'll see you on the next episode. Yep, see you guys later.